Hello and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And today we've seen Fighting With My Family. Yes. Uh, written and directed by Stephen Merchant, well known for doing The Office with Ricky Gervais and doing extras. Um, and they also did a film Cemetery Junction together. Uh-huh. Um, this is on, he, he's on his own. He, he's, done, he's done things like Hello Ladies on his own as well. That was on HBO, I think. I haven't seen that. Comedies. And he's a stand-up as well. Um, he's um, teamed up with WWE World Wrestling Entertainment to make a film that's based on the true story of this girl, Soraya Knight, whose who stage name is Paige. Mm. Um, she comes from a, a wrestling family in Norwich. Wrestling is a thing over here. It's not as not as showbiz as it is in the States, but it exists here. Um, and they're the kind of oddballs. The film sets us up as the oddballs in, in Norwich. Yes. You know, they're, they're out, they've got kind of friends who are interested in uh, wrestling and they kind of train them, but they are different to everybody else and they have this dream of getting the kids to um, to the WWE they, uh, the two kids, the, the son and daughter uh, Soraya's played by Florence Pugh the son, Zach, he calls himself Zodiac, is played by Jack Loudon um, they go to this tryout for the WWE um, which is run by Vince Vaughn who's this uh, you know, trainer, behind the scenes guy and she's picked and he's not um, and so she goes off to the WWE, starts training to hopefully get a contract, become a main roster wrestler. Uh, he has to deal with his dream not happening for him, happening for his sister instead. The family... There's a whole theme of family in there. It's in the title, right? These guys are kind of brought together by wrestling and they're, they're, they've been taught wrestling by their parents. And the family is kind of torn apart, but they're also kind of completely behind Paige... So, uh, kind of, kind of drama develops, and it's and it's and it's a comedy as well. You know, it's not, it's not, it's uh, drama comedy. It's it's a film about wrestling. It's a film about family, and it's a film about how even people who seem to be on the fringes of society, who've been in jail or who've done drugs or who are alcoholic, uh, actually form. Uh, very loving and tight-knit communities. Yes. Those, are, I would say, are the themes of the film. Yeah, and, and they're, they're about... Um, I think there's a, there's a theme in there kind of about learning your place as well, um, in a way, or, or le- learning a kind of humility. Well, learning your place is... The, is I That's think, an uncharitable way of putting it. Yes. It's humility or gratitude. learning your value. Yeah. Or... You know, acknowledging your own value in the world and what you bring to it. Yeah. Um, and kind of uh, self-knowledge. Yes. In a way. Um, I liked it with kind of reservations throughout. I don't know about you. Um, I wouldn't sneer at the comedy that I laughed at or that provided as many laughs at this as this one did to me. I mean, I laughed pretty consistently throughout. Yeah. Um, there were moments that I thought were also quite annoying. And that was when, when the film got more sentimental. There were, there were aspects of it that were very predictable. Mm. I think the film's great strength is in the use of performers who are just divine. Right? Like, I mean, you know, so Dwayne Johnson appears and he brings a burst of energy at the beginning. You know, and he's fab. And He's one Vince, of the producers as well. Yeah. yeah, and Vince Vaughn 
you know, you feel sorry that he hasn't been on screen more because he's wonderful. He's wonderful. You know, it's it's like a tour de force of kind of, you know, making comedy out of nothing. I mean, sometimes he gets lines, but sometimes actually just a look or an intonation is funny. Mm. Like, you know, he's he's a great comic star, you know, and and this kind of brings him back into like full flower. He's on the edges of the film, you know, but every time he does something, it's great. Yeah. Um, um, and I also would extend this to uh, Florence Pugh and who's the brother again? Jack Loudon. They, they give wonderful performances, actually. Yeah. Uh, and they're the heart of the film. So actually, that's that's a very important thing. Um, and, and I love the way that this film is not only about family, but actually about sibling rivalry that's male-female instead of two males or whatever, right? At the heart of this film, I mean, that's in a way the story of the film. It's about these two, this brother and sister who really love each other, who kind of have, well, one of them has a conflict with the other and who kind of come together and help each other at the end. And it's very unusual to see a film which is really about Florence Pugh, about uh, Paige, Mm -hmm. right? She's the central character in the film that doesn't revolve around a romantic relationship. The main relationship in this film for her is actually her her brother first and then the rest of the family. That struck is... me as well, that there was no love interest. Mm. Things like that. It was about, it was about her um, training and her relationship with her family yes. as opposed to any, any other kind of distraction that, that might have kind of made its way in there. Mm. Um, I think that's wonderful. Talking about kind of the laughs, um, you're right that Vince Vaughn is very funny. I think the funniest uh, actor in it and the funniest character by a long way is the dad played by oh, Nick Frost. Yeah. Actually, I think it's a little bit unfair and one-sided that he it gets so many um, laughs because his, his, his character is kind of set up for that. Mm. He's the kind of, he's the dad who, he's a big, birdy, strong guy who on the, and he's kind of always there with something rude or sarcastic to say whenever something's happening and um, while they're all very funny lines, and he gives a very good performance, it did feel kind of one-sided to me that like you kind of you go to him for the laugh. I thought I, there was potential for laughter from other characters, it potential to be more inclusive. Well, I didn't quite feel that way because I thought uh, Lena Headley, the, Lena the mother, Headley. you know, was given her fair share of lines, except she didn't bring them home properly. No. Um, so that may be why it, it felt a bit one-sided. I don't think it's just the quality of the performance. Though. I think that there's something about it. It's like the Homer Simpson thing of like, now we go to Homer for for something dad funny. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, um, but I, I actually didn't see it as one-sided as that because actually relatively little of the little of the time of the film is spent with the family. I mean, you know, quite a lot of scenes are just spent in America, in Florida, training. I, it never felt that it was imbalanced to me. I mean, I thought he earned his laughs. Yeah. You know, he was fantastic and he got them. But actually, I didn't feel that that was the only place that, were, the, that we were yeah. getting them from. Um, I mean, I'm with Vince Vaughn there. Vince Vaughn was great. Um, I... I, I, I kind of there were things that I really liked about his character and things that I felt were undeveloped in a way I think there's this thing about Harry's character um, he pushes uh, all the all the trainee wrestlers very very hard and he and he's like um, he gives them this option to uh, honk his honk his horn he's got a little mm. like bugle thing and he says honk this if you want to quit 
Yes. And he's always holding it in front of their faces whenever they're on the brink of failing. Hmm. Um, and and then he has a kind of... Uh, it's like the X Factor or something when he kind of lines them up at the end of each week and says, you're going, you're going, you're going. The rest of you, you live on till next week, hmm. sort of thing. So it's kind of ruthless. But he's he's always... He has that kind of um, standing in the background, nodding a wink thing of like, I'm pushing you, but it's because I know that you're a star inside. I know you have the potential, mm. sort of thing. Particularly with That's a very unsentimental performance that he gives, though. He's not there begging to be liked. It's it's revealed a little later into the film when Paige is having real... She's really struggling. Um, and he's saying, like, this isn't for you. And she's saying, why didn't you bring my brother with? Because they're so tight-knit. She wanted him there. Mm. And it's this thing about how he says, your brother's not going to be a star. He's going to keep chasing stardom forever he's going to do something in the end so stupid he's going to injure himself mm. and it's going to ruin him and I'm protecting him basically is what he says and then he reveals that's what happened to me and I thought that drew a really interesting connection between the two of them it's something that I didn't predict um, the, the idea that well for one thing the, the actually that there would be a connection between those two characters who just seem they didn't seem to have anything that would, that would draw them together mm. and the idea that they as I said this is this theme of finding your value somewhere else than you thought it was or than you wanted it to be. So so then later on, um, the brother is speaking to his half-brother, who's released from prison. That's his half-brother character. And he says, the reason I never made it is because she has something I didn't have. She had you. Yes. And that's when the brother realises this is kind of who I could be. But... As interesting as that is, and I think it is a really interesting way to go, it, it did feel really underdeveloped. So like that conversation happens with, between the two of them, where the brother is told, no, this is your role, this is who you should be. And then it's like, then it's just a phone call to Paige um, no, before, Wrestle, not, no, before WrestleMania. Not. And it's kind of, I, I, I thought no, there's I, connective tissue missing. Develop- no, well, I mean, there's more that we're told than that, right? There's that, there are several sequences where you get the brother alone. You know, the one where he goes and gets drunk and is violent and is despairing about his life, you know, and then kind of the moment where he realizes that he does have a role, you know, and things to be grateful for and so on. And that's when he goes with the van and kind of pick up, picks up the kids who without him already are um, falling into drugs or, you know, loitering on the street or, you know, swinging blindly with nowhere to go. So I think he is given... He's given arc, character arc. My problem with the film is not any of that. Actually, I think I think what you're describing is to me like a very good structure. So you have like this paralleling of the Rock and uh, the Vince Vaughn character with the sister and the brother. Yeah, there's a kind of a homology built into the screenplay there. I mean, my problem with it is that the movie felt like a TV movie. And to me, that actually had to do with the look of it. Yeah. It wasn't glossy. <laughs> it 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 looked like a it looked like a Channel Four kind of movie. The image was thin and so on. Even when they went kind of to America and to Florida, and they were all these swish bands of you know like on TV of what is it, the World World Wrestling Federation WWE. Yeah, it kind of it felt thin and flat. So I think there's a visual dimension to the film that falls flat. Yeah, that kind of um, is not well realized. I don't like the way it's filmed. Uh, and actually, I also didn't like the way that kind of, you know, some of the shots were composed. I mean, you know, there were moments where, uh, you know, one character had a line, then you turn to the other character, 
and you know you turn to the brother and you see that the mother's head is cut off right like so you see her there but like with her head cut off because you know the response is expected of um you know the sibling you think why make such an inelegant kind of reverse shot you know there were things like that that really bothered me and i think it cuts um very haphazardly as well Mm. um shot to shot 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 very very quickly i mean there's this thing about how um people have picked up on this scene from bohemian rhapsody this is a scene where they kind of meet this producer and um it's got it's like a three minute scene it's got about 70 cuts Mm. and people are pointing out like how did this win best editing (laughs) Mm. well this kind of looked a bit like that um in some sometimes cutting very very quickly between shots that were appeared to, essentially it was, it was building a film out of coverage it seemed to be it was it was just snatching the shots and it wasn't like hard to watch but it was as you say kind of inelegant hmm. um it relied on the scripts and the performance and yes. costume and things like that um it wasn't kind of visually exciting or yes. or elegant i think i think the screenplay is quite good i think the performances are phenomenal I think the humor that's brought out by dialogue and situation is very good. And the scenes where he himself appears, he's very funny. Steve Merchant. Steve Merchant. Merchant, Yeah, Yeah, that pinched kind of face that he makes is, you know, it's kind of humorous and it's kind of very kindly, almost, um, what's, what's, what was that cycle of British films from the late 40s? You know, these kind of comedies. Carl Pressburger or Ealing comedy? Yeah, it, it has yeah. a kind of an Ealing flavour about mm. about it. There's a gentleness to the comedy and a wit and a slight darkness, right? Which I liked very much. Um, but very little of the humour comes from what I would call using the cinematic medium of very little of the humour comes from the use of sounds or a cut or an edit mm. right or yeah kind of you know deploying the techniques available to actually make something funny that's not just out of dialogue or situation yeah i just think i i don't know how to describe it but i wanted this film to be glossier you know what i mean it just to look shinier to look better film to look better at it to look I, I more do. expensive um, <laughs> i do but i somehow also thought you know the film has Vince Vaughn and The Rock and Florida. It should all look better. <laughs> right? like, uh, uh, yeah. Um, when The Rock comes in, it's like it's it's um, fan service there. You know, The Rock's very good and his scene is quite funny, but it is just kind of uh, implanted. You know? Well, it's um, not about. I mean, there's there is a sense in which this is an advertisement for the World Wrestling Federation. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, in terms of the story, it's not all that necessary. It comes back at the end when he says, I met you in London, but really it's not necessary. Yeah, he's the spokesman for it. it, But, you know, this is a WWE film made by WWE and he's the producer. Yeah, and he's the spokesman for it. So so there's a sense of, what's the word, product placement throughout, right? Yeah, it's it's like Um, a Lego movie. But then on the other hand, in a way, it's kind of, it is ultimately ultimately promoting WWE and wrestling. Um... But it, it, you know, when you see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, um, there is that there is that thing of how the, there are these three girls who are kind of tall, blonde, glamorous, and they look nothing like Paige, you know, who's kind of five foot eight and black hair, goth sort of thing, and then it, it turns out that they're all models and you know, kind of aspiring singers and whatever. It's like they're not wrestlers. Yes. And um, and the idea that they would be taken on by the program is kind of a weird one. Like you kind of you're with Paige, going, why haven't they got wrestlers in? I'm a wrestler. They don't know what they're doing. 
Well, but you know everything is fake. I know, but it's like... But then to, respond, to, 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 to have like, the WWE kind of saying that about itself. Mm. They're like, you know, we brought in people who aren't really interested in wrestling. No, but the film turns that around and saying, you, you know, you're just being denigrating. You don't know what people's lives are. You know, I, I have to do... Or I was a dancer, I was a model because I had a daughter and I had to support her or whatever. And now I'm doing wrestling for the same thing. You know, and who are you to look down on me? I mean, so it's... Yeah, but the, the question is why they're here. The question isn't... Why have they chosen to do something to you know, support the family or whatever? Like it says, you don't know who I am. Stop judging me. But the question then from the WWE side is, if you're if these are supposed to be the the prospective best of the best, why have you brought in people who don't have any interest in wrestling? Well, that's the question I know. Well, I think you're I think you're misreading that. I mean, obviously they're they're athletic for one thing, and you know, and they look fantastic. And if the whole thing is a kind of theater that they put on, then you know they're able to put it on. Mm. I, you know, yeah, I, I, I mean, I do, if you, you I know, because mean, if you're thing, saying, oh, you're not a sportsman, I mean, come on, right? Like, you know, uh, to, to use kind of standards of, you know, kind of, um, uh, you know, the, the normal criteria by which you judge uh, athletic uh, uh, excellence is ridiculous because this is a combination of athleticism and show business. I know, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, when Paige discovers that you know these people who aren't interested in wrestling don't know anything about it, and she's been doing this for years and years and years, I'm kind of thinking, well, there's no competition here then, you know, and um, and it's it's not about whether you're athletic enough or anything like that. It's about whether you're right for it, and the idea they would bring in, like I say, the the, the idea this the, getting into this NXT thing, this training program, is what everybody wants. You know, it's what all these people, that's, you know, the brother is so depressed when he doesn't get into it. And, um, ima- you know, imagine if he knew like, his reaction if he found out that they just hired three models. Well, but actually, that's not true. You don't, you're not told that. I mean, you're given the background to these people. You're not, you're not told whether they got there on skill or, you know, endurance or, you know. And actually, when you see them training, you see that they, in fact, do much better in all of those things than Paige does. Only in so, the strength one. They're crap at wrestling. They make a point of that. Well, they, ha- they haven't been taught to wrestle. That's true. You know, but they and learn so very fast. So they're not wrestlers. They're not wrestlers. So they're not wrestlers. I kind of found that unbelievable, really. I think it was... I, uh, to me, that sounds like... I don't know the truth of it. Maybe, it, maybe there is truth Why? in that. But it sounds to me like, um, like, like an invention to say, you know, uh, that that this is the kind of adversity she's up against and like this is the kind of the people that like to say that like her wrestling uh, almost counts for nothing because she's just not a leggy blonde was, was weird and it, and it didn't, I, stri- I didn't think, strike me as believable I, 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 the whole plot of the film is A she thinks this about them she's wrong in thinking that about them she tries to be a leggy blonde you know, and then kind of she succeeds by being herself, which is like an odd-looking outside yeah. wrestling uh, uh, person. So the film is making points with all of that. Yeah, it just struck me as unbelievable. It struck me as it's something that I never believed in the film. Well, I believe it, was a big it because if me. you look at wrestling, that's who you see. You know? That's it. Just because that's who you see doesn't mean... This is, this is where I say, like... Maybe there, maybe there is truth in this, and maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe there are people who just go in, and this isn't their dream. They come in from nowhere, but they make it. Maybe that's true. But, but the idea that the film sets up, you know, um, 
these people are here because of what they look like and you're here as someone who has wrestled their entire life and is good at this and yet somehow there's competition well you know but the, but that's exactly the point because the the blonde girls have the looks and the height and you know kind of they fit the stereotype of the leggy blonde actually that is a scene in the film where yeah. she looks on them yeah. and says i could never fit in right I, i'm not made to be part of this wrestling thing and then of course she ends up succeeding by being herself i mean you know so i think it, yeah it's just it's it's the cinematic convention in there that i think is driving that rather than actually believable writing well i found it believable yeah i mean um, you know if you think that wrestling is show business then it's believable you know because that's it you know it's kind of pretty women kind of showing off their bodies kind of uh, making up drama mm. you know kind of performing it all for like the audience that's there which actually what i was surprised is that there were as many women in the audience as there were because i would have expected that to be you know almost entirely a male thing i think that might be um it's, there might be an external influence. That I mean, it says in the in the title that comes right at the end of the film, saying here's where the characters are now. It says that Paige being uh, becoming a WWE wrestler, um, kind of created fomented, a place for women. Create yeah, created a, a women revolution or something like that. Yeah, and it's so like, kind of get the feeling that maybe there wouldn't have been as many women before she yeah. was wrestling. I think what we have in the audience said maybe or or maybe we haven't. I ha- it hasn't registered, but the film is based on a true story. Yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, and so at the end of the credits, what we get is all the real people, you know, and scenes from their interactions and so on. And actually, that was quite lovely. Yeah, home video uh, footage, basically. Yeah. It's nice. So it's, it, it has elements of, what is that famous British show where the father is like a drunk and... Um... You have to be more specific than that. <laughs> <laughs> the royal family? No. The one that made the star of, uh, what's his name, the Scottish actor who was in Split and so on. James McAvoy. Yeah. He was in it. Mm. Oh, Shameless. Shameless. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the whole family seems to be cast out of Shameless, right? Like, you know, it's one of those kind of dysfunctional living in a council estate. The father says, well, you know, I was very violent and I did eight years in jail and so on. And the mother said, oh, I was homeless and so, you know, and so and actually, I loved all of that. Really. You do wonder, because uh, this film is, like, like I say, WWE is huge in the States. Not quite as huge over here, but it's, it's so massive in the States. You do wonder what the kind of American audiences, the WWE fans, will think when they it starts off with Norwich and this family. Yes. And you go, what's this before it gets to The Rock and the States? and blah, yeah, blah, yeah. You know, um, Which I think is great. I think it, and that's all kind of very nicely portrayed and it's kind of quite sympathetic. I loved all of that, actually. So I think it's kind of like a very... um, Well, like I said, I wouldn't sneer at a laugh, right? And the film is very funny, and it's consistently funny. You chuckle throughout, and it has kind of like a lot of good laughs. It has wonderful performances, I think. Um, There were things that... Aspects of the plot that you saw coming, and it was annoying. Yes. um, Well, so... I think there's something very superficial about the structure and about the writing. And in a way, this goes back to what I was trying to say about about themes being underdeveloped. I think themes kind of come in just at the moment that they're needed, as opposed to being really fully developed throughout the film. But I think that's true. and Which is what I was saying about, about the thing about the brother finding his place, finding you his know, role. You know what I thought was a, 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 
an annoying moment mm. that to me illustrates some of the problems of the film is the cliche of the manager knocking on her door saying, it's time to go to the ring. It's time to go to the ring. And you know that, yeah, she's, she's going to go to the ring, mm. right? And then it drags on and on and on yeah. and on. You know, and you think, get on with it, right? Like, you know she's going. There's no suspense here. Just Yeah, like, well, and she has that phone call with the brother because this is when the brother has realised, oh, I need to be the person who helps, not the person who wants to be a star. You have that bit, the conversation beforehand when she returns to Norwich and she's thinking about quitting, she wants to quit. And then, the, and then they have the conversation with the brother who's run off and then they have it out and he says, well, I wanted this and you didn't and why are you quitting and all this sort of thing. That's what I mean about the kind of superficiality and the way it... Like these, these are conversations. I would have no problem, and I don't have any problem with a film being completely generic in in structure and all of that sort of thing. Like that's kind of it can be a joy when it's done really well. I don't think it is done particularly well here. No, I think isn't. it is quite superficial, and things only come in when they need to, and aren't built up enough or aren't developed enough. It and doesn't surprise. I think uh, the brother is underutilized. Or badly utilised. This isn't to say he's a bad actor. I think his performance is well, I think really, he's wonderful. I think his performance is really good. Yeah. Um, but so many of his shots, kind of basically once she's gone to America and he's had to stay where he is and then you get stuck with this it's baby that he's had to have and, and this sort of thing. Um, basically every shot of him for a long time is of a dispossessed look into the distance. You know? I mean, I really noticed them. There's one even that just kind of comes in, I think it's just before WrestleMania, where it's not really put in for any good reason. He's just sitting on that bench overlooking Norwich, looking into the distance. I think, and I think the character is very poorly written. Yeah. Because I think the actor is fantastic. Yeah. But you, you also don't believe what he does. I mean, you know, like, so for example, even if you're jealous of your brother or whatever, I mean, you know, there, there are mixed feelings, right? You must experience joy. Yeah, like, kind of... You know, this idea that he, he, he goes to fight with his sister on stage for, to, for a family fundraiser and then kind of ends up kind of almost sending her to hospital or really badly hurting her. Mm. I just don't believe it. Yeah. You know, I kind agree. of, and the whole scene didn't unfold probably. I mean, you could imagine how something friendly then gets sharp edges and maybe something. Yeah, but mm. the idea that it starts like that from the beginning and then just gets worse, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that. I did believe him going out and picking a fight in a pub. Oh, yeah, that was wonderful. I thought that was great. And actually, that does refer back... I mean, that's something that was set up earlier on because at that dinner scene where they meet the, the parents of the, the, the girlfriend, um, they talk about having been in prison. They talk about where the half-brother is. He's in prison. And it's because when he didn't get picked, he went out and started picking fights and didn't handle it well. You know, so that's directly set up yes. beforehand, like he could turn into his brother. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a great scene. And I really felt like, I mean, I, I, some feeling is really, really on the surface. Like, I'm not, I don't mean superficial. <laughs> I mean, in a good way, like you, you feel what the characters are feeling. And I think when he is kind of upset and acting out, you feel it. Mm. I don't think there's enough variety in it. Like I say, there's so many of those shots where it's just a look into the distance and I, I'm not seeing exactly, I wanted more. You know, mm. when he sat at home with the baby and the baby's crying and he's not doing anything because he's looking into the distance. I wanted more. It was pretty it wasn't, um, cliche. It didn't feel human but. because it was almost like each shot was communicating one idea mm. rather than a mixture of ideas, right? Where one might dominate, but you see edges of other things going on. So it was two one notes. Yeah. Um, There's one more thing I want to bring up. The film um, throughout is talking about wrestling as something that we know is to some extent fake. 
Um, yes. This is kind of common knowledge now. I think like when I when I was when I was probably eleven or twelve years old. Um, so this would have been like two thousands. Mm. Um, a, f- a few kids I knew had cable, and so they got WWF as it mm. was then, and WCW. Um, and only a few kids did in this country, you know. Mm. And then and then there started to be rumor and scuttlebutt that did you know this is all fake. You know, like we were discovering that it's all fake, and the Americans don't know; they're too stupid. Ah. <laughs> you know, and and I think this was something that you know we obviously were a bit slow in realizing that I think everybody really knew this more than everybody more than else. we did. Um, but there's the, so it's very very open now that that there's a staged aspect to wrestling, mm. and kind of and the the film very early on says this is a soap opera. It's Vince Vaughn's character who says it's a soap opera. It's for show. But it's still, I think, unclear. And maybe it would be far more clear if you know wrestling. But to me, when you get to that final fight where, where Paige is uh, on stage, with, it's this diva fight. Um, and she's there with this, with this title holder who puts her belt up for, you know, that's the prize. If you win, you get the belt. Um, that's not a fight that has been staged. Right, it's well, not. It's not. It's not. It's de- a fight that's not signalled as being staged. It, this, yeah, so it's not a fight that is depicted as having been staged, as opposed to other fights that you've seen where there are things that have clearly been choreographed, like that suicide dive they talk about. Yeah, the twin dive that they. So do. that didn't make sense. So it's difficult to understand how true to life that is because you go in going. So she doesn't know if she's going to win. I don't know if that would be true or not, but it's it's not saying the film approaches. It kind of has its cake and eats it a little bit, saying this is fake you know you, you, you there's still possibility of getting hurt but you know you're 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 throwing kind of stage punches and everyone is in on sort of um the moves and that sort of thing but at the same time is the outcome not is, is that up for grabs while the fight's happening it doesn't seem to make sense at the end it doesn't um and but then on the other hand you know the tears kind of seem real you do see in that footage in, in the credits the of the real girl yes she, she is won. she is crying her eyes out in that footage you go yes. like so it obviously means so she, something i don't know yes it's a weird one there's an element of of it being real i think that's not set up properly you yeah. know cuz i mean obviously it must be a combination of things certain things must be rehearsed you know but then things have to unfold on their own otherwise you know, it's just mm. per- the, it's so. The thing I about think there's probably an element of reading the crowd as well. Yes, but also, you know, it's not a play, mm. so right. So things have to unfold as they unfold, right? You know, it, it, there might be um, boundaries or a, a, a schema around which things get played out, or a structure around which things get played out. Um, but certainly, anyway, those mm. those tears at the end indicated something real had happened, right? Yeah. And the tears in the um, Real footage indicated something real had happened. And yet throughout, kind of, you're told, well, you know, it's all kind of fake, right? So that didn't make sense. It's very difficult to know. And I think, actually, the reason that the film doesn't um, set up any of that or talk about any of that, really, when it gets to that point, is that it would be too difficult. I mean, it, it, it would be so complicated to say, well, here's what's happening, here's this. Like, imagine if, if it is the case that this is something that had been set up, that she was going to win, there's no drama in that final scene at all. She's just going to win. And then if there's not, you go, but I thought this was supposed to be set up. So what the film go- does is goes, I wash my hands of it, I'm just not going to approach that here. Yeah, it's kind of... Anyway, it's a mixed <laughs> bag of a film, yeah. I enjoyed watching it, though. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed watching it. It's quite good fun. And I, I like the thought of... Um, I like the thought of sneaking in some kind of kitchen sink elements into a big American movie that they're all going to have to sit through before they get to The Rock. Yes. <laughs> I like that too. Um, I love the inclusiveness of the film 
And actually, I love the generosity of it. Um, and I was really thrilled by some of the performances. Yeah, and I was and I was moved by some bits as well. Yeah, okay. You know, well, it, has, you it, has, it has a tender soul. <laughs> okay, this is Tender Soul Mike and yeah. Jose saying goodbye. <laughs> yes, um, we're eavesdropping at the movies. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube to listen to. On Facebook, eavesdropping at the movies, and on Twitter at eavesdropmovies. And uh, the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Thank you very it's much. It's 140 for episodes now. Wow. wow. It's not uh, 140 episodes and two listeners. <laughs> yeah. <And> both us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening in case you're the third one out there. <laughs> yeah. We'll get it into double figures one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye. <laughs>